One of the programs, uh, obviously, one of quite a few that the fans are always on. And uh, you know how I feel about the situation in Tallahassee. It's going to work itself out. People don't have that time. But I certainly see and I've a positive uh, in basically each game. You know, I mean, they're in every game. Wake Forest was different. And we try to tell everybody that Wake Forest is not the Wake Forest of old. But whether you want to know it or not, and same thing in Miami, there's progress being made. People just just not wait, willing to wait. Uh, somebody has to sit through it every day and uh, hear all your questions and all your complaints. Chris Nee from Knowles 247 is kind enough to join us this evening. Chris, thanks so much for taking the time. Obviously, you've kind of heard a lot of negatives over the last couple of years, probably enough to last you a lifetime. Well, I, I kind of jumped on that bandwagon at halftime of this last game. That defense had me uh, that that defense had me in my feelings for a while there. They were they were struggling in that first half. I hear you. I, I know it's tough, and 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 obviously, especially a program that's what five years removed from like one of the top teams in the country. I mean, you know, yeah. obviously, a lot has happened uh, around Tallahassee, but there's you know what I always believe that the fix to what the problem is, is, is in that locker room. I really believe it. I believe in, you know, I believe, believed in Norvell, Coach Norvell from day one because I know his body of work and I know what he's capable of. It's just tough these days to kind of like start over again. And that's just like kind of a message to everybody who wants to fire a coach every time things go wrong because every time you fire a coach, it's a five-year process to bring it back to where it where it could be, not necessarily where it was. Talk about what uh, what you think right now FSU's problem is, besides not being able to finish because they don't have a, probably enough depth. Uh, because the talent's there, maybe not to, to, to win a national title, but certainly play 500 ball. I mean, it, it's a mix of things. I do think there's a lack of talent in some situations. Wide receiver group, um, this is an offense predicated on winning one-on-one. It's what he did at Memphis with his offense. It's what he wants to do here. And the truth is wide receiver group currently at FSU is just not good at that. They weren't good at it last year. They've not been good at it through four games this year. It's certainly an issue. Now, a positive on the offense is that the running game is pretty dang good. Jay Sean Corbin's having a great year, averaging over 100 per game. Trayshawn Ward's been an excellent number two back. Orange Toe Philly is capable, just hasn't been available in the last outing for them. Quarterback situation, and, you know, quarterbacks make a lot of things disappear when it comes to bad things for a team. I wouldn't say FSU currently has a quarterback that fits that bill. They certainly don't have a guy the caliber of a Winston Ward or a Winky, but I don't even think they sure. have a guy who should step down from that. They're quite a bit off at that position. Milton's brought some senior veteran experience to it, but he's not the player he was before that injury, at least not through four games. And there's not another guy in that room who's making a massive difference. And truthfully, Jordan Travis was a better version of himself last year than he's been this year. He hasn't been able to stay healthy this year. So offensively, and we all know the offensive line at FSU hasn't been good, you know, vast majority of the last decade outside 2013. So right. offensively, they're just, they're sort of limited. And they don't, they hit a lot of chunk plays. It's kind of nuts how explosive they are versus their complete, inability to be a sustainable offense this year that, that's probably the when i look at stats after four games from an offensive standpoint it's amazing to me what percentage of their total yardage is via chunk plays versus sustainable offensive plays being put together and that's for a variety of reasons penalties putting them behind the chains mistakes all of those things they're kind of their own worst enemy at times they they've sabotaged themselves from winning at least a game or two 
threes first four because of mistakes on the offensive side of the ball that took away opportunities for them to score enough points to win. And the defense hasn't been good enough to make up for that either. Right. Does, do you do you get the sense that if they're going to build this thing back up, it's going to be a combination of getting the younger players and developing them with some of those veteran players that were transfer portals? Because that seems like it's the wave. I mean, you know, uh, to kind of mix as long as the transfer portal is available and, 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 and there's kids uh, not you know available to get out and help you. I mean, obviously, it's like, you know, back in the day, like Bill Snyder used to do at Kansas State, he used to take in uh, just a crazy amount of junior college kids just yeah. to even things up from a maturity level. Do you think, I, I hate to say it, but do you think that, that FSU goes that way for a couple of years to try to get some of those already established kids to plug in? Well, they went portal heavy last class, and it's paid off to some degree with guys like Jermaine Johnson, Keir Thomas. They've been a huge piece of the puzzle for the defensive line unit, which has been FSU's best unit on the defensive side of the ball. Johnson's having a great year, six sacks already through four games. Been He's been a huge piece. He's been fantastic. He's also been a good leader. But the portal's kind of a give and a take. You know, Andrew Parchment had his best game in an FSU uniform this past week, but still he only had five catches on the 11 targets. He didn't do a very good job in the last play fighting for a one-on-one. So when you take transfers, mercenaries to some degree, it's kind of a mixed bag. And then I think their preferences build through the high school ranks, bring guys okay. in, developing them, having them for multiple years. And I think that's what they would like to do. But when you're struggling to win games and patience runs thin with people so quickly, I think they're going to have to mix in the portal. Plus, they're going to struggle to finish the high school class strongly because the results aren't good enough to give them that bump with high school kids. They may retain right. what they have, but as they have, you know, seven to 14 spots we end up being able to sign 32 in classes this year because of that new rule that possibly will be on the books with transfers i think you're going to see a bit of a transfer heavy take on the back end for fsu with this class but to answer your question it's going to have to be a balance you can only live with one year take transfer takes for so long where you start putting yourself in a hole because you don't have anything behind it developing or guys aren't patient enough to wait their turn they leave and you get kind of a void situation. I think for FSU to come back and be what they hope to be, saying 2023, 2024 possibly, it's going to come with high school players' development, buy-in, and taking their lumps and figuring it out and becoming a better team long-term than what they're going to be in the short term. They're not going to be good in the short term. This year, probably next year, it's just – I don't think that's attainable for what this roster currently is. Right. Uh, Chris Nee joining us, Knowles 247. Yeah, no, I 100% agree because you look at, like I was telling people the other day, I said, you remember the Georgia Tech team that you said we're going to roll over? Not so much. Wake Forest, you're not, not so much. And uh, these teams are not sitting still. And, uh, you know, Miami fans are probably as guilty as that of any, as anybody because they just think that they're working hard and they're getting recruits, but no one else is in the conference. And I'm sure they're going to find out the difference between Central Connecticut State and Virginia is quite a big deal coming up on Thursday uh, even though Virginia may not in in many people's eyes be the team but they're always a senior oriented team they always have kids who are like 23 years old that start on the offensive line and that yeah. automatically gives them a huge advantage over some 18 19 year old kid who's playing defensive end and, yeah, and that, uh, you know that was, that was Wake for FSU I mean Wake's an extremely veteran team a lot of super seniors and it showed they they were just yeah. so much better. They basically played FSU straight up man-to-man on both sides of the ball, and they were a better team than FSU. And it's because FSU's rolling out there with, you know, a heck of a lot of 18-, 19-year-old, 20-year-olds 
versus Wake, who has a lot of 23, 24-year-old salty college veterans. And it very much showed in that game more so than any of the other three so far this season that, yeah, that, that's a gap for FSU that they have to overcome. Yeah, especially in the con- – because conference plays, uh, other than the Gators, uh, it's conference play pretty much, right, the rest of the way? Um, yeah. Or do they have a well, – they, they have that's UMass. It. They do have Oh, UMass, UMass. that's right. <laughs> oh, boy. People are circling. People Somebody are circling that win, day. Larry. Somebody has to win. FSU or UMass, uh, they got it. <laughs> <laughs> you hate to hear that. I mean, I, in fact, I, somebody even proposed that Miami and FSU could be two and seven uh, meeting Ooh. meeting in Tallahassee. I don't want to. I don't even want to think about that happening because there's. A, I, I think we'll have different head coaches if that's a scenario. Of the both teams drinks are like on that. me if that's the case. Okay, if they're both two uh, and seven when they roll in here in November, drinks on me. Oh, geez. Uh, Chris, uh, let everybody know how they can follow you because uh, you have quite a great audience on social media as well as on your website. The site's Knowles247.com. That's 247.com. Same with Twitter. And my Twitter is C-N-E-E-247. Thank you so much, man. We'll hook up with you soon. As always, you, you bring it strong and honest. Take it easy, Blue. Good job. Chris Knee, two, uh, Knowles247, he does an awesome job, tremendous job. Good guy, too, as, as far as that's concerned.